You are going to have days, weeks, and months, and maybe even some years like that where everything seems to go absolutely wrong. And this is true whether you know God, whether you believe God, whether you love God, or whether you serve God or not. It's just simply going to happen. It's called the cycle of humanity. Joseph certainly had his share of days where everything went wrong. Joseph had more than his share of dark days and rainy nights. In verse 20, we read, it says, And Joseph's master took him and put him into a prison. It's, it's a place. Joseph had been put into a dark, dirty dungeon with some of the roughest characters in all of Egypt. Not for doing what was wrong, but because he did what was right. He was there not because he had bad crime, but because he had good character. For a big part of his life, Joseph's tombstone could have read, Nice guys finish last. You ever felt that way before? Yet through it all, Joseph remained a nice guy. Joseph remained completely devoted to God, whether he was upon the mountaintop or down in the valley. He knew how to handle adversity and prosperity. We can learn from Joseph's valuable lessons on how to make it when everything goes wrong. The first thing, however, we need to note is we need to remember the promises of God. Amen. It is not coincidental that the beginning of the entire story about Joseph that we read about his dream in Genesis 37, 5 through 11. This dream was God's word to Joseph. It was God's promise to Joseph. There was a dream about the sheaves and there was a dream about the stars. In the first dream, God told Joseph he was going to elevate him above the world's resources. In the second dream, he would elevate him above the world's rulers. Always in the back of his mind and in the bottom of his heart, there was that remembrance that God had promised him elevation and exaltation. Joseph knew that no matter what happened, God would keep his word. Rather than dwelling on his problems, he dwelt on his promises. You see, when dark days and dreary nights come into our lives, when everything is going wrong, instead of sinking on the premises, you need to be standing on the promises. Instead of, instead of sinking on the premises and, and getting so low that you no longer can see the light and hope of day, you need to stand on the promises of God. Amen. You won't always feel faithful. Sometimes you can be faith empty. You can still be saved and be faith empty. But folks, it's that gift of faith that keeps us plowing and trusting and, and believing the promises of God. That everything is not as it and though it were, in fact, Jesus said, I speak and call those things as though they not, as though they are. Meaning, though I understand in humanity, you can't see what I'm working. You can't see what I'm doing. You can't see the timescape of what I'm working with. But I am God, and I'm sovereign, and if and if you'll trust me, you'll see that I'll be faithful to my word and I'll always make a way out for you because you are done. Let's give the Lord some praise now. I can hear Joseph now as he makes the pit and the prison his personal platform of praise, living in full confidence that God's promise for him would be fulfilled. If the song had been written, I guarantee you Joseph would have been singing, 
standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Or he might have been singing this other verse. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God. Amen. That might have been what Joseph would have been singing on the day. I promise you, your life will find you in a day where you've encountered a prison. It, it will, you will find a day in life where you have feel you have been left in a pit and you, nobody even told God where you went. You will be faced at a moment in time where you feel that what you've been believing and hoping and praying for and trusting for and what God has spoken to you is feel that's being stripped away by every enemy and adversary of your soul. You will know that kind of day. If you live long enough before the rapture happens and you believe God to do anything in your life, you will know a pit kind of day. You will know a prison kind of day. You will know a lonely time. You will know a time where you have to question God was that from you or was that just hype or emotion at the moment? You will have that crucible moment, but I'm here to remind you, don't seek on the premises. Start standing on the promises of God because His Word is always ever true. When the devil comes to me and presses me beyond measure and taunts me and says, what does your future look like now, preacher? I just answered my future is bright. Because I have the promises of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. We can always trust that. Oh yeah. The uh, uh, one of my I had a, a friend of mine. Uh, she she was a little a little seasoned in life, but she had this saying. She said, "How can you sink when you're standing on a rock? How can you sink when you're standing on a rock? Well, you know rocks sink, right?" He will always stand the test of time. So, so how, will you, how will you be swallowed up? It's impossible. I could give you thousands of promises from the word of God for those times when everything seems to go wrong. But let me just give you just one. It's Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. It says, be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Aren't you thankful that the Lord will be your confidence? When you don't have any confidence in you, you don't have any confidence in others, you don't have any confidence in things, you don't have any confidence in your resources abilities, but you can have confidence and you can have solace that the one who made you and created you and called you is going to always bring you out because he's always that kind of faithful kind of God. For the Lord be your confidence and he shall keep thy foot from being taken. Men many times have to eat their own words, but God has never had to eat his. He will keep his promises. You can depend upon his promises. If he says it, he will do it. Amen. Rely. Second of all, we need to rely on the providence of God. Joseph was thrown into the pit and forsaken by his family. Anybody, you don't have to raise your hand. You can just kind of give. I don't know, maybe a Methodist amen. Just, just kind of. Anybody ever been forsaken by your family? You had family that didn't understand you. You made a decision, you went a different direction, you tried another method, you went another way. It doesn't mean it was right or it was wrong, it was just different than maybe what, and, it, and you, sometimes you can feel family forsaken. We can feel God forsaken. We can feel friend forsaken. 
I've even felt church forsaken. Ooh, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm 46 years old. I've gone to a few other churches before this one. Right? 90% of that's the devil. About 5% humanity. The other, other is just spiritual warfare that you can't even see. But it's all emotion. And how many know our emotions can be a blessing or they can be a curse? You can sink on the premises or you can stand on the promises. Your emotions will often determine the difference. But we have to wade through all the emotions and get to what's actually true. How many know that your Don't make me go there. Your emotions aren't always true. I promise you, as mad as Sister Tawana Hatfield has ever been at Brother Kevin, he wasn't as bad as she was thinking he was at that moment. Hope not. I'm trying to help you, man. Give me an amen. He's just sitting there in silence. He's like, please. Hallelujah. How many emotions change? Oh, what happens in marriages? Oh, you can be just as mad as. We didn't, we didn't have those in my house. But she said, I'm mad as a wet end. Whatever that, whatever that is, it's probably not a good thing. But you can be mad. But boy, in just a few days, guys, we can recover. And boy, we can do right in there. It's all, all is well, right? Emotions can be fickle. If you got a divorce every time you got mad, you'd never keep anybody around. Right? Every time you got your feelings hurt, you just abandoned that relationship. Every time they did something you didn't like. None of us would last in that. Aren't you thankful that God never gave up on you? I'm thankful God never gave up on me when he, when he could have been mad at me, when he could have been sore at me, when I've done something to transgress against his name and his holy word, when I didn't live up to my end of the bargain, when I promised him a thing that I didn't make good on, that when, when I promised him I'd do something and I ended up not doing it. I'm glad God didn't give up on me. I'm glad he just saw I was in a bad place of humanity, but that eventually I would learn to trust in his word because through it all, He's been faithful. Through it all, he's been good. Through it all, he's always blessed me. You've got to learn to rely on the providence of God. Joseph thrown into that pit, his, that pit and forsaken by his family. Then he was thrown into prison and forgotten by his friends. Neither time was Joseph being punished for doing what was wrong, but for doing what was right. See, Joseph wasn't the only one in church that ever felt family and friend forsaken. Oh, I, I believe that there's a, there's a lot of people, and I don't believe, I know this, there's a, not, there's a lot of people that are not in church today because they feel friend forsaken. Because they made a choice that either you and or a church or religious organization didn't agree with. And now they're on the outside living out that circumstances of that choice. And rather than love them through them, through it, we have shunned them out. And if we didn't do it intentionally, the devil sure did. Because he is the accuser of the brethren. And there's millions of people in this country that didn't go to church today. Because they feel that they will have to face their shame if they go back to the house of God. Whether it's self-imposed or been imposed by another people group, place or thing, an establishment. And they're afraid of facing that at that moment. They don't want to have to deal with it at that moment. And they would rather live in the misery of their humanity than face the shame and the accusations that the devil is trying to punish them and keep them from the grace of God. 
God help us to be a people who will reach out people who are in a pit. He didn't. He went. He got thrown into a pit not for doing what was wrong, but for doing what was right. His brothers were jealous because of his dreams, and they threw him into the pit. Be careful who you share your dreams with. God, not everybody wants you to succeed beyond them. They're okay if you if, if you come up to almost their level, but not everybody in your life can handle it if God blesses you more than them. That's better preaching than y'all responding, but that's okay. Maybe you just haven't lived long enough. There's a lot of people don't mind seeing you blessed as long as you're not blessed them more than what they think you should be blessed. Amen. Right? You don't believe me? Let me go buy a Bentley and drive up in it next week and, and all of Carter County would know my name by the end of Friday. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. I've been, I've been here 19 months now. They don't know me yet. But you let me you, you let me go buy a $200,000 Bentley and roll up in it in church next Sunday. And say, yep, just bought, bought my wife a new car. Oh, everybody would know me by Friday. I would make the Elizabethan star. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, absolutely. I would make sure of it. It could hook me up. Front page, probably. Because not everybody wants you blessed if you're blessed more than they Joseph had the same problem. His own brothers were that way. They didn't like him. In fact, they despised him because he had a dream. He had a God promise. He had a promise of destiny upon his life that they didn't share. Potiphar's wife was angry because of his dedication. Now, his brothers were jealous because of his dream. Potiphar's wife was angry because of his dedication and had him thrown into a prison. Think about it. Joseph liberty because he wouldn't compromise his purity. He wouldn't corrupt his integrity, and he wouldn't cast away his dignity. He was not suffering for doing wrong. He was suffering for doing right. 1 Peter 2 and 20 reminds us, For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Don't get the idea that when something bad happens to someone, it's because they're, uh, they're, they're not living right. It may be because they are living right. I heard who had gone and he'd gone on a missions trip and he comes back to town and he's, he returns home from a trip and uh, one of his laymen, uh, his church members, met him uh, there at the, at, the, at the airport when he went to, uh, as he came back into town. And the preacher asked him, so, hey, brother, it's so good to see you. How are things going? He said, well, he said, Pastor, while you were away, a cyclone came through town, tore my house down. And the preacher said, well, I'm going to be honest with you, brother. That was God's punishment for the way you've been living. And the brother, the layman said, well, preacher, you blew your house. I'm sure that Joseph went through some deep times of confusion. It's tough to have bad things happen to you because you are doing what's good and what's right. Brother David, you've had an interesting week. You have. Can I tell a little bit of your business? Was it Monday was the first one, right? He gets a call. He's going to work Monday. Miss Julie calls. Are you sitting down? He said, well, I'm driving in the truck. I don't, it's kind of hard to stand up and drive. She said, well, I need you to be seated. And uh, she said, you won't believe it. She said, but somebody has wrecked, flipped their car, and tore out our fence. 
next to our house. I thought, oh goodness, this is this is not not good. Rough day. Tuesday, going to work, minding his own business, trying to live right, not trying to hurt anybody. He goes and he's driving in traffic, going to work, and somebody plows into his rear end. Plows into him. Messes his truck up. Fortunately, neither nobody, no party was hurt. I haven't heard the latest. Everybody's good. Nothing was hurt. Just trying to do right. Had nothing to do. Wasn't even there. Somebody tore out his fence. Then somebody slammed him in the back of his vehicle. Not every time when something bad happens to you, you're doing something wrong. Sometimes it's because you're doing things right. It's tough to have bad things to happen to you when you're trying your best. It's tough to be a tither and lose your job. It's tough when you live pure, stay clean, do right, and develop cancer or sickness and pass away. The fact of the matter is there are going to be times when you cannot make sense out of sorrow. There's going to be times you and I cannot make sense out of sorrow. We cannot see through the expanse of eternity. We don't understand everything that God is doing. There are times when the arithmetic of life is not going to add up. The hardest things in life to stand are the things you and I don't understand. Life's not always going to make sense to you or me, but there is a great truth. Remember, just because things don't make sense to us, because everything that happens to you makes sense to God. That's what is hidden from us, but it's not hidden from Him. There are going to be times that faith is going to have to swim where reason cannot even wait. Boy, that'll preach right there. And it's tweetable right there. There's going to be times where faith has to swim where reason can't even wait. You're just going to have to trust God just because you're supposed to trust God. Well, I don't feel like trusting God, but you have no other option. You can either trust God or die. Make your choice. Sometimes life can get that rough. God knows what he's doing. When all Joseph could see was the prison, God saw the palace. Hallelujah. All Joseph could see was the prison. God already saw him at the palace. That's God, God could see him there. That's why Joseph could say... When it was all over in Genesis 50 and verse 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God made it unto good to bring to pass all it is this day to save much people alive. What the devil meant for evil, God meant it for good. While I was laying there, tempted to bellyache and bemoan and groan and feel sorry for myself and just have a hissy fit and a pity party and lick my own wounds and sing gloom, despair, and agony on me. God had already met with the graphic and interior designer up in heaven heaven because he knew one day I was coming out of this pit and this prison and they were already redecorating making the brand new furniture for my palace. Uh, they was already painting the walls. Uh, they was already hanging some sconces and, and some pictures. Uh, they were getting the couch and the chair just right. Uh, having the internet installed. How They were getting the cable ready. Uh, they were getting me a nice ice cold Coca-Cola and some sweet tea uh, and a Yoo-Hoo and a root beer uh, and some donuts. How that's heavenly calories. They don't count in heaven. They say they don't count in heaven. 
We need all of chocolate cake we want to in heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's going to be sanctified food in heaven. They're already painting the walls, getting the drapes ready, making sure the blinds are ready. Everything's going to be great. I might be living in the pit. I might be living in the prison. But I've got a palace in the making. And God's already working on it. And I don't need to keep sweating how nasty this prison is. I'm not staying here much longer. I'm not going to be here longer. I'm headed to a palace because the dreams and the word of the Lord is mine. Give the Lord praise. You got a hoopty vehicle? Don't worry about it. It's just temporary. If it gets you there and back, it'll be all right. Right? Because, boy, when you get that heavenly ride, you ain't going to have to worry about it. You're going to be walking the streets of gold. In fact, we probably won't have to walk. I think we can just kind of think and just be there. We'll just like zip on right across. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. Say, well, I don't have a nice fancy car. If it gets you there and back safely, that did you count it all good. Yeah. Folks, this life is temporary. Yeah. I said this life is temporary. Yeah. You can't sweat the small stuff. And everything's small stuff. Remember that God will always provide for you. You need to remember these, the next time life deals you a bad hand, the next time everything seems to go wrong and you don't understand what's happening, nor why, Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them according to his purpose. Just as Jesus turned water into wine, God will take anything bad that happens to you and turn it into good. Psalms 138 and 8 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. You can rely on the providence of God. Girded by the promises of God and guided by the, pro the providence of God. We also need to always give God glory glory in whatever season we're in because he's worthy in the pit, he's worthy in the prison, and he'll be worthy in the palace. Can you give him a lot of praise? Respond with patience. Thirdly and lastly, respond with patience. Verse 20 says, tells us that Joseph was put into the prison. Keep in mind that he was only 17 years old. Genesis 41 and 46 tells us Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now, when you put those two verses together, the math is simple. Joseph had been in prison for 13 years. He was in prison because of jealous brothers, a lying woman, and an ungrateful butler. But Joseph never got bitter. He never held a grudge. And he never took revenge. When he became the prime minister of Egypt, he never mentioned his brothers who sold him into slavery. He never said anything about Potiphar's wife who had had him falsely thrown into prison. He never uttered a word about the butler who forgot to get Joseph out of prison after Joseph had gotten him out of prison. Joseph just kept on keeping on. He just kept loving God and living for God. Joseph's commitment was not dependent on his circumstances. You got to know this. Everybody that's done you wrong, you don't have to get back at them. In fact, if that's your motive and that's your goal and that's your plan and aim, good luck staying there in the pit. Good luck staying there in the prison until you get that out of your heart. 
Because if it's your job to make all things right, first of all, you're not God. You'll never be able to do that. Second of all, you will be the one suffering, not the one you're trying to hurt. Right? Unforgiveness hurts you more than it hurts the one you're mad at. In fact, if we're really transparent and honest, most of the time they don't even know you're still mad about it. Because life comes at all of us so fast. And we either get mowed over or we move on. And once we have moved on for a season, we've even forgotten that we hurt you that bad. Why? Because we've hurt more people and we've also been hurt along the way. And so much that we have forgotten what we've done. Chances are it was unintentional in the beginning anyway. It's really quiet. Y'all never been offended. Y'all never been upset with anybody? Okay, well, I'm, I'm making sure y'all went dead on the run there. I just, I just, I thought I lost service or something. I, I didn't. You can't hold on to stuff. You got to let it go. Because it's not hurting them anymore. It's hurting you. You're the one miserable. They're still sleeping at night. They'll get up and go on the next day. Why? Because they have their own life to live and their own challenges. They're making their way through their faith the best way they know how. And them making it through their faith is not contingent upon you. And you can't hold them back, but you can propel them forward. But I can choose to hold offense and assume the intent of someone else's heart instead of asking that's how the body of Christ often acts. I knew that would get real quiet. Joseph, yeah. He didn't even shake my hand. Joseph, while in the pit and being thrown into prison, wasn't consumed with where he was. He was consumed with where he was going. Amen. Folks, we got to realize where we're going. And I mean both, both in the here and in the hereafter. And me, and me getting tripped up about here stuff is not worth me missing my hereafter. It's not even worth me messing up my here and now. Right? Joseph says, well, my brothers didn't like me. Potiphar's wife falsely accused me when I, when I wouldn't lay down my integrity with her. And so now I'm in prison. Thirteen years, Joseph's commitment was not dependent upon his circumstances. Is your commitment dependent upon your circumstances? Do you do right only when things are right? Or to put it another way, what would it take for you to quit coming to church? What would it take to make you stop praising God? What would it take to cause you to quit living for Jesus? You can tell the size of a Christian by what it takes to stop him. Is your holiness dependent upon your health? Is your joy dependent upon your job? Is your praise dependent upon your prosperity? Martin Luther said something that may not be earth-shattering, but it says a lot about him. He said that even if I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces... 
I would still plant my little apple tree and pay my debts today. Do you understand what he's saying? He was saying, no matter what happens tomorrow, I'm going to do right today. I'm going to be right today. And I'm going to live right today. True commitment is not conditional. If a person will not serve God in a prison, he's not fit to serve God in a palace. of God. He was guarded by the presence of God. Fourthly, we need to rest in the presence of God. God had not forgotten him and God had not forsaken him. The whole time Joseph was in prison, God was with him. When Noah was navigating that ark through the flood, God was in the ark with him. When those three Hebrew men were thrown into the fiery furnace, God got into the fire with him. When Daniel was thrown into the den of lions, God shut the lions mouth uh, by getting into that den with him. Uh, when the disciples were in that boat being tossed about on the stormy sea, uh, Jesus was in the boat with him. Uh, a child of God may get lonely, but it's impossible for him to ever be alone. Uh, no matter how deep the water, you're not going to drown. No matter how hot the furnace, uh, you'll never be able to burn. Uh, for God has promised in Isaiah 43 and 2, uh, when thou pass through the waters, uh, I will be with thee. Well, through the rivers, uh, they shall not overflow when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. God will always have you in his presence. He is for you, not against you. He'll be faithful to the end. So let me ask you in closing, where is God when everything goes wrong? There were some parents who lost their little boy in an automobile accident. They were both very bitter at God. When the pastor came by to see them, the mother said, Where was God when my son died? And the pastor replied to that brokenhearted mama, The same place he was when his son died. Where is God when everything goes wrong? He's still on the throne, watching over all of his own. When everything goes wrong, he will work it out for his glory. And for your good. Where is God when we hurt? Where is he when sleep won't come? Where is he when we wake up in a hospital bed and that pain won't stop? Where was God when everything went wrong? Let me tell you, he's always right there by our side. In verse 2, we're told, and the Lord was with Joseph. In verse 3, we're told, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. In verse 21, we are told, but the Lord was with Joseph. In verse 23, we are told, because the Lord was with 
Joseph. Four times in that one chapter, everyone is reminded and sees and testifies that the Lord was with Joseph. Listen, we can spend 100% of our time worrying about and bantering on why we are where we are and we can try to reach everything out but the most important thing to know is can we be a candidate where people can see hey the Lord is with them oh I've seen him show up for them time and time again when it got bad and then it, things got from bad to worse God showed up right there again just when we thought it couldn't get worse it did and God showed up again and the Lord was with Joseph and the Lord was with Joseph and they saw that the Lord was with Joseph. And yet again, because the Lord was with Joseph. Bobby, I would love for people to be able to say of my life that the Lord was with Brian. Oh, he faced some stuff, made some, made some mistakes along the way, but the Lord was with him. He trusted in God and he always showed up on that. Brother Bill, I won't be able to see. I don't see how that boy did it. Knowing where he come from, just a grandson of coal miners, that boy didn't have enough sense to, to fill up a thimble. But I'm telling you, the Lord was with that boy. The Lord was with that man. God was with Joseph the entire time, deep in the pit and even down in the prison. When you hurt, God hurts with you. When no one listens to you, God listens to you. When you wipe away tears of loneliness and frustration or anguish, in heaven there's a pierced hand wiping a tear from a heavenly face. Storms of life teach us that God is in control. We should serve God even if there's darkness surrounding our life. We should serve God even if we don't understand everything that's happening. We should serve God even when the circumstances of our life don't add up and they don't make sense. Nothing is louder than the silence of God. But we mustn't interpret his silence as a lack of love. Where is God when everything's going wrong? He's right there with you. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of the Lord? Hallelujah. While Joseph was in the pit, God was arranging the furniture in the palace for him. He was already making a way. He was already setting it up. He's getting everything decorated because he knew that the days of the pit and the days of the prison would soon come to an end and there was a higher ground. There was an elevation. There was a promotion. There was a blessing. There was a fullness of promise awaiting him. I don't know what a fullness of promise looks like to you. I have a sense of what it looks like to me. But I believe that even with my greatest sense that God even thinks it of a bigger. That God has a big, bigger vision than even what he could show me. Amen. Because he's a good kind of God. And I know that when the devil assails and tries to stop me. It's because he knows that I'm that much closer to destiny. I'm that much closer to breakthrough. I'm that much closer to the victory that he's promised me. 
I've, I've lived too long, Sister Judy. I've seen the cycle. Lived it too many times in my life, Brother David, to know that that's not true. Every time I'm close to victory, he wants it to look the bleakest. He wants it to seem the dimmest and the darkest and the most arduous. But every time, Sister Vicky, right before he brings breakthrough, the enemy wants to present me with the most logical opportunity to quit and give up. Anybody else can relate to that? Have you ever walked that journey? Oh, he may give it up seem so easy. And he may try and look so hard. He may just get mad and disgusted and beaten down so easy and so simplistic. But boy, he confounded all of the tension and the contortion and the twisted ways and all of the unknowns and unanswered questions in my life. So complicated that it wasn't even worth trying and faithing for one more day. Anybody ever been there? That's how the devil works. But let me tell you how the Lord works. He comes to encourage us in the pit. <laughs> he comes when your family gives up on you. He comes when people that you, you just tell no to for righteousness sake falsely accuse you and have you put in prison. And he still comes to you and says, boy, don't get disgusted with this little broken down nasty prison. Listen, I've got a palace waiting on you. And it's going to be great. I'm going to have you taught by the best educators in the world. I'm going to give you favor with the king and the emperor. You're going to be given authority. You're going to be an authority. And all of this season of travail, there's going to be a turning of season. And you're going to be placed in a position of authority and blessing. And you can not only be blessed, but you will be in a position to be a blessing. Oh, I love that. You know why I want my people blessed? It's because I want us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. Amen? Because more blessing to give than it is to... That's why personally I claim, Lord, you said that I would be the lender, not the borrower. I want to be blessed so I can be a blessing. So I can show that God's faithful. I want to be able to reach somebody else in their pit. Talking to everybody in the house. 
us can identify to these three places and venues of life. We've all been on our personal pit of our own demise. Where God, people led us there. God, we've all been in a prison. We've all been falsely accused. We, we've all had things done to us that made our life more difficult. Things we had no control over. We've all done things and we've all had, had things done to us. But God, your word says that you, all, you also have a palace prepared. Lord, I pray for strength today. I pray for a sense of confidence. I pray for a sense of resolve. God, that we're not, we're not standing on the premises. We're standing on the promises. We're not sinking there, God, in our demise. We're not sinking in circumstance. But we're standing on the promises of God. And God, that those promises say that you are for us. And you have a better place. You have a better plan. And you have a better positioning for us. And I bless your people in the name of Jesus. With your heads bowed. We're going to pray in just a moment. We've got plenty of time this morning. But if you've been in one of those places and you've just been reminded today that God's for you. And you just kind of want to come and say, Lord, uh, Lord, strengthen my faith. God, I need renewed faith. God, that you're going to make a way for me. And if that's you this morning, if you can identify that, would you join me down here in this altar? We just want to pray a concert prayer together. I, I won't tell your personal story. I won't even ask in your name. I just want to pray with you and agree in prayer. God's going to be faithful to you right there in that situation. If that's you this morning and you found yourself in it, you can identify at the, where you are, but you needed to be reminded of the faithfulness of God. Would you just slip down here, step out of that aisle, step down here and join me here in the altar. We're going we're gonna to sing and worship in just a moment. And we'll pray a corporate prayer together right before we go today. But if that's you, would you, would you come down here and join us this morning? Lord, we just thank you, God, and we bless you that you're faithful. I thank you, for Father God, that you're faithful and you're true. God, you love us. God, we more than a pit. You love us more than a prison. And God, there's you. Shame. 
but I'm going to do it. You, you can, uh, I know it's the spirit of the Lord and that's all I need to know. You might not have the courage to step out, but that doesn't mean that God's not giving this opportunity to you. If you're battling loneliness and discouragement, the Lord wants to be here this morning to strengthen you and to remind you that he's for you, not against you. I want to pray with you. Again, I'm not going to embarrass you. That's, we don't, we're not going to assume anything. That's just between you and the Lord. I just want to unite my faith with your faith and allow the Lord to touch you and strengthen your faith. I'm going to give you about 15 seconds to respond and, and we'll proceed. If that's you and you want to come down front and receive special prayer for that.